We're live, Joe. How What's are up, you today? Good, man. Real good. Got good. a good sleep. Uh, staying busy. Avalanche is just cranking, as are all the plays on Avalanche. So that's making me happy. Are they? What's going um, on, man? Because I haven't looked at a damn thing. I've been on the phone all day. Time, one, time Wonderland, Snowbank, Blizzard. What's Wonderland ABAC. doing? Uh, Wonderland's up to, I think, almost 9,000 again. Nice. 89.44. I bought uh, some more WMMO last night. Yeah, I've kind of pulled some stuff off in Phantom, and I'm going to move it over today to add to Blizzard because Blizzard's on the, you know, comeback at 83 cents. Um, Snowbank's back up to almost, well, I had that loaded, but it's, I think it's almost a four again. Hold on, let me uh, load up some shares here. Oh, no Sorry, I'm eating everybody. I'm I'm eating my lunch. Uh, my fast ended. I ended my fast a little early today, and uh, I'm starving. And I drank some green tea, and my stomach wasn't handling it. So you guys have to listen to me eat. I see. Uh, what do we got? Yeah, it's over four four thousand one hundred and twenty. What is um, Snowbank? Oh, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And we saw that dip to fifteen hundred, didn't we? Hell yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, you know, I, love I bought these more projects. W memo last night. Fortuitous, fortuitous. Oh, um, beautiful! Look at that. Yeah, hell yeah. So you know, whipped up to forty five hundred. Damn. Yeah. So look, I think everybody's on the avalanche train right now. Lots of. I mean, just look at the TVLs. They seem to be going up across the board. Um, you know, Snowbag TVL is over 200 million. Uh, Wonderlands is 1.6. That was like one or 1.1, not too long ago. It's a beautiful Snowbank, day, Joe. Hell yeah. Shit. And Blizz, Blizz is like got, you know, 1.9 million in there. A billion, sorry, billion. Um, you know, so these Avalanche is crushing it right now. Avalanche gonna, is crushing it, dude. So I think that this is like, you know, this is going to go on a Solana type run is my read. Um, I'm all know, for that. Yeah. I don't too. think I have a ton of AVAX right now, though. I need to stock. I don't have a whole bunch either. I got all the other stuff on the platform, but not that. Yeah. I don't have any Trader Joe's, which you would think I would be buying. Um, uh, the, you mean the, the exchange token? Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, either. No. I don't think I ever had any of that. No. Um but yeah, that's kicking. Um, I saw I saw a really interesting thing. I want to share a little bit of news real quick. I saw a really interesting um, Twitter thing, um, actually from August fourteenth, from because you know from Brian Quintens, who's like the chairman of the CFTC. Oh, and yeah, he says because we're talking about what's a security, what's not. He goes a futures contract on it. This is a direct quote, public Twitter. A futures contract on a security is in both the SEC's and CFT's jurisdiction. A futures contract on a pure commodity is only in the CFTC's jurisdiction. There is a currently a mm. futures contract on ETH. It is only under the CFTC's purview, which makes ETH a non-security commodity. So, wow. so what you see is this sort of um, that's awesome. Obviously, bureaucratic politics going on in turf. You know. Um, Oh, I love a I turf guess. battle. But still, you know, this shows that, look, this is, you know, like we said, this is a, you know, a messy process, but a lot of it's going in the right direction. Yeah. And so maybe a lot of what we were kind of talking about last week, a lot of the, um, you know, uh, SEC hesitancy or sideways action, let's say, is just about this turf battle. Um you know, where they, of course, want everything to be a security. Yeah. Because then they regulate. And the CFTC is like, no, it's not. It's a commodity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to me, I'm like, this is good news right here in my idea. So I just wanted to share that real quick. Real um, quick. Um, take a look at these. What the fuck is this chart doing? Which one are you on? I'm on WMO. But here's what's interesting. Look at these fucking spikes and wicks. Yeah, fingers, man. Look at that. I mean, you know, there's this guy, I, when I first started trading crypto, uh, there's a guy that paid a strategy similar to our um, mean reversion, but he basically just would take trades at X percent below average, whatever, right? Um, okay, maybe this isn't the right, yeah, this is not the right W memo. 
Look at that liquidity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to try to make this point. Uh, <laughs> but I get your point. Your point is that, you know. Have some sell orders on the fat fingers. Yeah. They don't look and see that, you know, if you're going to do a buy or a sell, you really need to look at the book. Yeah. I think Dex Guru is having some issues. I, I don't think. Uh, the prices aren't right. Something's funky. Something funky. Well, what do we get? Yeah. ETH is still above, back above 4,200. Um, I mean, just a massive buy wall between 3,800 and 4,100. You know, almost, it looks like. Let me see if I get some fire charts loaded up here. Yeah, 4,225. All right. Well, awesome. Uh, so real quick, I just interviewed, I want to quickly talk about this cool project I just interviewed. Uh, this is really cool. Uh, it's called B Protocol. Um, and they are solving a problem that people don't actually realize actually exists. And, it, and it's very cool. So in lending protocols, and we'll take uh, one I know pretty well, uh, liquidity, right? In lending protocols, you go in, you put in your $1,000 worth of ETH. And let's say, you know, the leverage is, you know, at a, at a 70%, right? So you can borrow 70% of the value of that ETH. And so you could borrow $700 of their stable coin. And the um, price of ETH drops enough that it goes below what you borrowed and their level, right? So they have a liquidation level. So ETH drops below, say that 70%, drops down to $699, then there's an event where people involved in the protocol can liquidate you, right? So they pay off your your $700 loan, and then they get your ETH, and they get a bonus tokens uh, from the protocol for being a, liqui a liquidation provider, right? Well, okay, wait, wait, quick, quick question, quick question. So that means the downside of where you came in at is gone? So you came in and threw in an ETH and borrowed half an ETH, let's say, and then it drops, that means that you don't have to pay it back and that delta between buy price and liquidation price goes away for the investor? I mean, that's pretty cool if that's what it is. I'm right, sorry. well, so you borrow a thousand, no, so you put in a thousand dollars worth of ETH, you borrow 700, okay. right? And your liquidation point is below 700. So you borrowed 700, but you had a thousand dollars worth of ETH that you put in, right? right. So you've lost that value and you lose your ETH, right? So the liquidation provider comes in and says, okay, anytime somebody hits below their level, I'm going to click a button and I'll be the liquidation provider. I'm going to pay off the $700 loan immediately and I get the ETH and I get some bonus that the protocol provides to me, right? Hmm. So it's a system that works. I mean, that's how all these, almost all these lending protocols have something, some similar model. They have different yeah. leverage percentages and everything else. But here's the thing that happens. So first of all, it's a manual process um, in almost all cases. So if you want to automate being a liquidation provider in those protocols, you've got to create your own bots. You've got to have it click the button and initiate the liquidation process. The other problem is miners jump in on these. Right. So they'll bid up on the gas, they get into a gas war. And the people who are trying to be liquidation providers that keep those protocols stable uh, don't even get in and miners are screwing everything up. It's MEV, more MEV stuff. Right. The other problem is in a massive liquidation event, right? Let's say, you know, I had half a billion dollars of loans under ETH out and ETH drops 52%. Right. If I don't have enough people in my protocol providing liquidation fast enough for all of those loans, my protocol screwed. Like a protocol like Liquidity is based on a peg to LUSD. That's their stability protocol of their dollar, right? It maintains its peg based on the, the lending protocol being stable and working and liquidations working. If it's a cascading event and there's not enough liquidation money there or not enough people can respond fast enough, I'm going to lose my dollar peg. Nobody's going to trust it. Nobody will want to lend because they're not getting their money back. The lenders who put the money in, it's a big mess. So B Protocol, they're on their version two. They are integrated with Liquidity and they're also uh, finishing an integration right now with MakerDAO. They are a pooled liquidity. So let's say you want to be a liquidation provider, but you don't have the sophistication to beat the miners. You don't have the sophistication to automate bots, whatever. 
they become the priority for the lending protocol. So B protocol integrates with the lending protocol. They are the top priority liquidation provider. So let's say you want to be in the liquidation business, but you don't want to deal with all the other stuff. You come in, you put a thousand bucks or 10,000 or 500,000 or a million dollars into B protocol pool for liquidity or their pool for MakerDAO. You now get first liquidation preference. The pool automatically handles all the liquidations. It's all automated. So they get a liquidation order. Let's take that example. They pay out the $700 loan. They take the ETH. They immediately sell the ETH back to the protocol. Plus they take the bonus tokens. You have just deposited like you're depositing in a vault and you get your you get earnings on those liquidations. While the money's idle and there aren't liquidations going on, you're earning in yield farms and you're learning earning in liquidity mining because the money is not idle. It's going anyway. Really cool concept solves a big potential problem across DeFi. Um, I think B protocol is going to become like this standard of approval, especially for the TradFi guys coming into DeFi. Of mm -hmm. I know that if I land in this protocol because B protocols there, there's enough liquidity for the liquidations, right? Um, and I don't have to worry about this thing collapsing. Very cool concept. Um, they're, you know, it's a slow roll for them because they have to integrate with the protocols. It's not something they can just plop up. Um, but it's a, it's a very cool concept. Which guy did you interview? Yaron? Uh, I no, I did not interview Yaron. I interviewed it. Uh, interviewed it. I interviewed uh, Aton. Aton. Yeah. 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 Really smart Co guy. Founder. Yeah. Yarov, yeah. Yarov built Kyber. Yep. Built some of the first DeFi applications. He's basically he's like you know, he's he's pretty much a one of those genius Solidity DeFi coders, right? He's well respected. Well, they notch. have a nice advisory board too. The co-founder of Polygon, Sandeep, yep. uh, Mariano Conti, who is the former head of smart contracts at MakerDAO. Yep, and Ori Cohen, former CTO and head of research at Efficient Frontier. Yeah, uh, algo trading research. So these are good. Yeah, that's that's just, that's good guys. There. Solid project. Solid project. Really, so really impressive. A, so what is there? I guess what I'm curious about is, is there a token around this? That's yeah, so that liquidity? Okay. there's a governance token. Uh, people in the pool get the benefits of it. Um, I haven't dove deep into, you know, how much you earn, whatever. But the nice thing from an investor perspective is, it's a pretty stable investment. You're going to earn what you would have earned, you know, on the more conservative urine pools or whatever with your stables, right? So let's say you're dumping die in or uh, LUSD to provide the liquidation liquidity. You're going to earn the 25% you would have earned on liquidity being in the stable pool. But now you're guaranteed that your money is the first money in on liquidations. So you're earning the 25%, you're earning the 40%, whatever it is, whichever protocol you're involved with and whichever one the pool is attached to. And you're also earning big money when the liquidations hit, right? So it's an awesome hedge, awesome yeah. hedge, right? Now you're like saying, okay, when the market crashes, I'm over here making money because I banked as much into the B protocol as I banked into my trading. And when the market crashes, I'm actually okay because I'm going to make even more money. Yeah, no, I see that they've got partnerships with with Maker, Compound, Liquidity, uh, Liquidity, and Liquidity. Ave coming soon. So. Yeah, and they're also in discussions with uh, Daniel at uh, Abracadabra. Wonderland. Oh, Abracadabra. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they're talking to Rari um, Fuse. So uh, those would all be huge for them. So. Okay, so what is the token? I can't. Uh, you got me. We did not discuss tokens. There is a governance oh. token. Um, I don't know if maybe they haven't even released it yet. Let me see. Coin. Let's see if we got something on CoinGecko. Let's see. Um, they've got ninety-eight million locked. Yep. Um, and he said they've only done like three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars in liquidations, but um. They've only been up with liquidity for a little while. But I don't yeah, know what the yeah. maybe maybe they haven't released the token yet. B Pro. Right, well, Looks like it's called B Pro. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's got it right here. Number 1131. 610. 
off a little max supply of only 10 million, 2.5 million circulating. Um, yeah, I think they're a slow roll, man. I think this is one of those that's going to be like a major infrastructure play. Um, yeah. And when if you get these big ass blue chip lending protocols involved, um, you know, then it becomes a brand that's like every lending protocol better have a B protocol on it, right? Because who's going to lend on a protocol that doesn't when you know that another lending protocol you can go to and lend, make your money and know the liquidations are covered. Yeah. I mean, look, if these are the, so these guys get at the top of the liquidation stack, right? Exactly. First ones in. Yeah. Their first priority. Splitting liquid. I'm just reading this stuff out here. Real quick. Yeah. Look, it's on sushi swap, Uniswap. Um, it's, there's gotta be something on Polygon you would think just because the Polygon guys look all over this. Um, 610, right. yeah, $6.10. I mean, market cap TVL 0.16. Yeah, that's all good, man. Now, I think this is, and I will say, I mean, look, I don't think this is a, um, you know, this isn't one of our 82,000% APY plays. This is a, you know what? I can hedge my money. I can have, mm -hmm. I can get the token. I can watch them grow. Um, I have a pretty safe place to park some stable coins, right? Um, yep. I, I, and I, and I personally, from having talked to him and then learned from him more about um, uh, the founder, I feel a lot of confidence in this project. So, again, well, not financial advice to you and research, but it's a model that makes a ton of sense, and that DeFi needs across the board. Well, also, it's a docs team, so they're yep. publicly identifiable. Yep. Uh, it is infrastructure. It's another layer of sort of uh, safety net, yep. so to speak, on you know free-falling bottoms yep. um, that you know we need. So I, I think this is a great-looking one. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how – what I'm curious about is how the other ones use it to their advantage, like Aave, MakerDAO, or Compound, or Liquid, Liquidy you know, how they use it as a differentiator vis-a-vis -vis the competition. That's that's going to be interesting, and that should propel a lot of interest in yeah. this play. Well, yeah, I think what it says is to, um, you know, as the big money comes in, the institutional money comes into the space, it allows liquidity, compound maker, all of those to say, look over here. There's half a billion dollars in a pool for liquidations, right? Right. You know, or... Five billion in pool, you know, whatever it is, um, that that's going to make those kinds of investors feel much better, even better than they already feel about some of these kind of blue chip prog uh, projects, right? Now, I, I'm a big fan of Liquidity. I think um, Robert Lauko, the chair, the head of that project or the founder of that project, is is great, and I love their radical decentralization. But um, you know, you can pick your poison on kind of uh, the blue chips versus the newer protocols, but I'm if I'm a lender, I'm a hell of a lot more likely to put one in it that has a liquidation pool behind it than one that's got a bunch of individuals trying to race to make the liquidations happen. Well, it's just an, yeah, it's another layer. Yeah. Um, you know, you throw your whatever leverage down tokens on it too, whatever your play is, and you have this in there. Um, and then you can just sleep. Yep. Night, exactly. Uh, and you're earning more. And the cool thing is instead of feeling like shit with every market dump because you've lost all that value, you actually, if you hedge it right, are not sad when the market dumps, you know? It's yeah. like, because you know, every time a dump happens, another liquidation happens, you've made more money. Yeah, and then you plow it back in. Exactly. Um, no, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's interesting. So, you know, I don't do much with the OMI type stuff. Um, but I know a lot of people that do, and I, I know a lot of people have been getting liquidated left and right, but they just go back in. Sometimes it's cheaper to get liquidated right, and then buy back in than to not. So I know someone, you probably know them too, but you know they've been liquidated like five times on own, but they're still up like 280%. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, it's, they're all time. They, a lot of times these people just take the liquidation and then they plow that stuff right back in because it's at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're getting liquidated, you're pretty much hitting the bottom. And yeah. they take that half or 70 that they have left, 70%, and they plow that back in. Yeah. Um, and then ride that back up. And they're coming out ahead. 
versus just um, you know putting more in to stave off liquidation. So I think there's some really interesting game theory stuff going on that is very intriguing to me. I haven't researched it, but if it's yeah. cheaper to let yourself be liquidated and buy back in at that point versus you know adding to your defenses, that's another hedge, basically. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. So well, and the cool thing, I haven't it, cool. I haven't leveraged my SOM, but if I was going to leverage my SOM, um, and I, I've seriously considered it. Don't get me wrong; I have definitely considered leveraging some of it. But if I was going to do it, um, I would do it at a really like you know a, a liquidation level of when ohm is at one hundred and thirty dollars. You know, so I'm not getting a lot out of it, but on a percentage basis. But at least I would. Uh, you know, and look, the more people dump, look, Ohm's down to like uh, 600 bucks, something like that, seven something. Um, the more people dump, the higher my APY. And I'm like, people, don't you understand that this model <laughs> is fine? Whether, you know, it's like all you're doing is increasing my uh, rebase returns every time you guys dump. So, well, yeah, these models reward you for holding. That's exactly. Sure. Exactly. So when paper hands dump, you know, diamond hands yeah. accumulates. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what you want. So that's the chart on Ohm right there? No, that's Ohm right now. That's the daily. So where do you think an entry point is? I mean, yeah. You know, I think we're close. Price, of course. Yeah. I think we're close. So maybe maybe here, maybe this uh, this 600 range, there's a lot of activity there. Might be happy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, you know, you can use, um, you can do limit orders on matcha. So um, you can go into Matcha and set limit orders and set it, ladder them down. You know, maybe I'll do that. I got, uh, uh, I got a, I got a few grand sitting in the wallet. I might uh, actually do that. And the nice thing about CalSwap is I don't have to get rid of my um, ETH. Yeah, where is CalSwap layer two Polygon or is that on? Layer no, one? just layer one. But it's ah. its brilliance is is that you don't need ETH in your wallet to uh, trade. Um, so where it takes does the, the gas fees come? comes out of whatever you're using for the trade oh interesting yeah yeah i know a lot of this and um, this is another one go do some trades here guys because there's speculation on an airdrop of a token coming so yeah i, I wouldn't doubt it um and gnosis which is the founding dow above CalSwap. Uh, i actually interviewed if you want to understand CalSwap better how it works it provides mev protection um i have a podcast episode with it i'll put it in the show notes for today um Felix from CalSwap that developed this. Um, the reason CalSwap was developed was the guys at Gnosis actually came up with the AMM model first. They, that or they were one of the first people. They decided not to develop it for their exchange because they were worried about MEV. They were worried about miners exploiting the system and it causing gas wars and all kinds of other problems. So they said, how do we solve this problem? And that's what CalSwap is. They built CalSwap um, because they saw the problem with AMMs and liquidity and MEV and said, what can we do to solve it? So that's what CalSwap is. Essentially, can you Cal give me just a quick, quick summary of what that problem is real quick? Just so well, I so, understand. Well, so um, miners will race ahead of everyone else because they have control of when the blocks get written is essentially the idea and take advantage of arbitrage opportunities, front run your trades, right? So you put in the order at X price, they front run and in fact, get it at less, and then you pay more, even though you were trying to execute at one price. So um, essentially miners, you know, miner extracted value is what MEV is, um, is essentially the system of front running everybody else's trades because they see what's coming, right? So they have these bots set up or whatever that will, uh, jump ahead of your trade. Um, so they buy it and sell it to you. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, or they will intercept your trade and your trade will fail and you're still out the fees or whatever. Um, so the idea behind CalSwap is um, it's not an order book system, but it is a competitive, a system of competitive bots that will look to match trades up with people trying to trade and the bots that are most efficient at it get the fee instead of the fee being gas fees on Ethereum. So essentially it circumvents um, the miners seeing what's coming. Um, it still utilizes, because they're new, 
it still utilizes things like zero X protocol to find trade prices if they can't match something up. Um, but it allows you to trade without utilizing ETH for your gas um, and having it taken out of the total of your trade. Um, and it protects you against MEV, right? So they circumvent the miners. Uh, you don't get front run. You get pretty competitive pricing. I've seen a couple of times I've been in here where it was, uh, I probably didn't execute the trade because I didn't like the way the pricing worked out. But the other important thing is if you're thinking about doing a trade here um, is to know that you have to really look at the details closely because if I did a comparison of CalSwap with say SushiSwap on the same trade, I'm going to end up getting less ohm in this trade because the fee is coming out of the amount that I'm putting in, right? right. So um, at the end of the day, my actual per price may be the same, but I'm going to end up with less on this trade. So for you as a trader, you have to decide, do I want to get rid of ETH, right, to pay the gas fee, which is uh, essentially about $190 right now, right? Or would I rather just get less of what I'm trying to buy? If you're okay with getting less of what you're trying to buy and not losing your ETH, then you go to CalSwap. If not, you go to a normal exchange, Uniswap, SushiSwap, whatever. I'm curious. Um, so does the how, so that's the gas fee on CalSwap, the 190, right? Right. Doing it this way, okay. Right. I'm wondering what that same trade looks like on, say, SushiSwap or Let's somebody look. Uniswap, and how much ETH gas is. Because I'm Whoa. thinking that sounds more. <laughs> Uh, it depends, yeah. right? Like, you know, I yeah. mean, at any given moment, it could be more or less. Who knows? Let me see. What's sushi got? I, I like I like that idea of cow swap because like, I don't I personally don't like to burn all the ETH. All the me time. either. It pisses me no. off every time I have to. Now, of course, I'd rather do all of this. I wish uh, Olympus was well, fully on Polygon by as its brand instead of. Uh, let's see if Ohm is in sushi's. Uh, you know, it sure would be nice. I was thinking about this as you spoke that, you know, I keep running into this problem because I don't have really hardly anything in MetaMask on oh. layer one. Wait, sorry, Joe, real quick. Go ahead, go, go. Look at this. Olympus is in Sushi's base token list. Nice. That's pretty big. That's that's pretty pretty significant. Yeah. No, that is. Um, but you so know, look, gonna, so here. Okay. Uh, 5.5 is what you end up with. Now let's see what they say for gas. Oh, first, uh, I'm not going to show you because it's going to charge me just to approve. Fuck. See, right. it's high right yeah. now because the approval on USDC is $69. That's just yeah. to approve to trade. That's not even the trade. Yeah, let me just check ETH gas tracker real quick. Uh, uh, Etherscan gas tracker open. Yeah, yeah. One a, a transfer is sixty five. A swap is two hundred. An add remove LP is one hundred and seventy three. Right, the average price one seventy three. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you're going to do much better on Kyle Swap. Yeah. Now there will be times when you won't. Uh, I mean, you know, you got to just check everything. Uh, you know, from my perspective, I would check it. But they also use ZRX protocol, so they're probably going to be really damn close. If they can't match it up peer to peer or in the network of people using CalSwap, they're still going to be um, uh, pretty close. Now, the other interesting thing to think about here, is, and and if a token comes for this, you really should, right? First of all, Gnosis is trying to do this merger of their blockchain with um, XDAI. Is that right? XDAI is the one? Yeah, XDAI. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they're talking about merging the two chains that aren't very popular, but developers love them. Uh, they perform pretty well. So that's in discussion right now. Some XDAI community people are pissed about it, but um, it'll probably happen. The other thing to remember is without the Gnosis multi-sig wallet, DeFi would be a total fucking mess. Mm -hmm. Probably about 75 to 90%, I don't know the numbers, of the billions of dollars in DeFi is managed through Gnosis, who is CalSwap, through Gnosis multi-sig wallets. So think about the advantage they have, and I have no idea if they're planning to do this, but think about the advantage that you have of treasuries of all of these DeFi projects being managed through your Gnosis wallet, and now you have an uh, intelligent um, system that will uh, bypass uh, miners on executing trades peer-to-peer -peer or across, you know, mechanisms and tokens, 
Imagine if you put those two together. If yeah. I'm Gnosis, I'm putting them together. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shitload of volume. I mean, you're talking about, you know, multi-million dollar trades every time. So, um, and the benefit to, like, if you think about a treasury doing a $10 million trade execution or a $50 million trade execution, you don't want to be front run, right? Well, if you do it through oh, yeah. CowSwap, you aren't. And if you integrate CowSwap into the smart contracts that make up the Gnosis wallet, you could have a really serious major volume advantage over every other swap in the in the world. Yeah, the no front run thing is absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a consequence of the way they're doing it, which is pretty cool because um, the fact that they're not using ETH as gas fees yep. is what doesn't send a signal to the miners. Exactly. So, that's that's pretty interesting. I'm gonna dig deeper into that. Yeah, um, check out the episode. It's uh, Felix from Gnosis. I don't know what episode it was. I'll post it in the show notes. But um, uh, really impressive, really impressive uh, team. Right? This is yeah. these the guys at Gnosis are the best of the best in Solidity and Ethereum networks, and they are they are top notch. They keep all of DeFi safe with their Gnosis wallet. Right? These multi sig wallets. Are are like uh, critical infrastructure to all of DeFi. Yeah, well, it just what everybody it just means that you can't one person can't make the decision to steal all the money. Right. You know, it's like, right. And that's but, what you want as a. As but a when you if you fuck up if they fuck up the Gnosis wallets with a vulnerability, you know you're opening the door now to the entire DeFi landscape being emptied out. Right. Yeah. So you, they have to be the best. Yeah, that's they like have critical, to be the best. critical infrastructure. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people talking about CowSwap recently. And, you know, I haven't done anything because I'm not doing anything on layer one pretty much other than, you know, exiting to fiat. Um, well, I'm hopeful but, they they start moving on to other chains. But I think they're trying to prove themselves first on Ethereum. And they're solving a real problem on Ethereum, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Makes good, makes sense. Good discussion. Good discussion. Yeah. Um, what else you got today, Joe? So I'm just digging through. I had a bunch of stuff up. Where is that window? What have we talked um, about so far? We talked about B protocol, CowSwap, Gnosis. What did we talk about at the beginning? Uh, oh, I just prices, the CF, CFTC stuff. You know, nothing. Time. Oh yeah, the exciting. CFTC thing. Now that was good. Okay. There's good. another one. Um, Saddle Finance. I don't remember where I found this one, but. Um, oh, I saw that yesterday. Like, there's an airdrop or something. Yeah, there's an airdrop coming there. Tokens SDL, you know, Sam Delta Lima. Um, and I haven't started digging in yet, but it has some, I think it's NFTs too or something. Um, Wasn't there yeah, though they, something wrong with their airdrop just like uh, the other one we were talking about the other day? I think they fucked up something in their airdrop too. Yeah, I I, they're all fucking this. Saddle up. token, here we go. Let's see what we got here. An AMM for swapping low slippage pegged assets like tokenized BTC and stable coins. Our mission is to help teams bring AMMs to every chain in DeFi. Aren't they already on every chain in DeFi? Did I miss something? Who is it? Who? I'm sorry. I'm just looking at this other one real quick. What were you saying? They said our mission is to help teams saddle. Their mission is to help teams bring AMMs to every chain in DeFi. And I, I'm, I'm trying to understand. That sounds like the wrong word. Maybe every chain that has DeFi applications. Oh, look at this. Like that, yeah. LOL, you topped Paraswap. This is the worst airdrop ever. Was LPing <laughs> for a month and got 0.7 tokens. Not even gas worthy. Just bore, burn this crap. Thanks. That's about Saddle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it came up then. It was about... All of the everybody was all pissed. Some people weren't though. It's like so. Here's the problem. Going on. Here's the problem. It's vested over two years, so all people oh. saw is their initial tokens, and it didn't tell them how much they were going to earn over all that time. So they just said they pushed an update to our to our claiming UI to reflect a user's total unvested token amount. Because I'm sure they were getting slammed with people putting like. I put five hundred thousand dollars into this fucking protocol, and you gave me four tokens. It's like, what yeah, fuck? no, I I've run into other ones like that where someone, 
You know, people have been like going to some of these plays and locking up for like five years. Oh my God. You know, putting in like 20 bucks and they're going to get out like 25,000 in five years or something. And then they just walk away. Um, I don't do that myself. And die but, and forget about it. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, um, you know, that everybody's trying to, I think that's kind of what you're saying with the SDL was that it was probably something where you put in, say, for example, five tokens and you would get out 500 in two years. And all people saw was five. <laughs> not, the, not the 500. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, but who, I mean, locking up for two years, I mean, I've done some lock, locking for three months um, of stuff that I just rewards tokens, but five, three, two years, five years. I don't know about that. Um, so crypto.com yeah, is now going to uh, has uh, own uh, Staples Center in Los Angeles. These guys oh, are yeah, spending the money, it. man. Yeah, yeah no, they are the spending the money. bucks. Yeah. Whew. That's the one I saw. Big advertising know. campaigns. They want to own it all. I'm impressed. Like they better get Kronos shit together or they ain't going to own anything. Um, <laughs> how'd you ever get your <laughs> money out? Finally, <laughs> you get your, dude. You did. I was so yeah. pissed off. Like, yeah, and I, I think I spent another fifty bucks in fucking gas fees just trying to get it around. But you know, look, I here's here's a key. I should have stopped and not done it while we were doing the show. I should have stopped and done a list of all the available tokens to swap on each chain, and then picked which ones you know were going to actually work. I didn't do that. I actually, but the other problem was, is I was using one exchange that didn't cover any of those and went to, an, finally went to another exchange and I had to go to a third exchange on Kronos. I think that's all there are on Kronos to find where I could swap what I had for a token that I could bridge out using the only bridge on Kronos, right? So I, you know, the, the lesson here is stop, take a breath, figure it out. Now, I did use the money to buy more uh, memo, W memo, or time. I can't remember now. But anyway, uh, I did use the gains and put them to good use. Here's one. I don't know if you heard about this one, um, Unus Dow, U-N-U-S-D-A-O. Um, no. Uh, the, first, the first kind of OMI play on BSC, evidently. Um, What's it called? Say it again. U. Um, as in like, um, up you uh -huh. and as in Nancy, you as in up S as in Sam, you know, D A O dot finance. Oh, and there's, um, you know, a pre-sale getting ready to happen, you know, bonds, staking, all of that this comes on November 22nd. Oh, Binance yeah. chain. Yeah. So when I saw this, it made me think whatever happened to Rome Dow? Did you ever see any more on Rome Dow? Not recently, but did you know, they ever launch? It's probably just churning along. Let me see. Hold on. Because you know there was a lot of chatter in Telegram about that in different channels. What chain was Rome Dow on? I forgot. Oh, I know Arbitrum. That's why we're not hearing yeah. anything about it because nobody. It's a fucking ghost town. Oh, okay. Let me look oh. and see what they got going on on their Twitter here, and we'll we'll go take a look. Let's see if they've got any volume. Sub DAOs of Rome. What the hell? Uh, Rome DAO equal a rug pull scam? Hold on. What? what? No, this is a Reddit article. I'll just see if it's dated. House of Councils, Community Marketing, and Poly. Oh, this is cute. They're they're setting up these sub DAOs to run the protocol. House of Chaos is a Chaos DAO affiliated house. House of Keck is focused on community memes, policy, and historicity. House of Grapes is a neutral house focused on hosting events. So basically, Wait, these are their DAO departments. That's cute. Uh, let's see what they got under. Let's see how much has come in. Uh, this They're Arbitrum, right? Oh, maybe they haven't launched. That's what I'm wondering. because Well, they're talking about like three days ago or nine days ago, somebody's bitching about they did a cover-up whitelist for only a small part of community. The rest of the plebs have to buy from the privileged ones, a.k.a. pump and dump. They did no. not announce any whitelist procedure, so it's clearly an insider rug pull for the stupid plebs. And then everybody else trashes the person. Of course. Well, you shouldn't be. Question. Look, it's one thing to say, hey, this is a little sketchy. I don't know what's going on here. It's another thing to say this is a rug pull. 
I'm so tired of this shit. You know, it's oh, like he didn't get whitelisted, so that's why he's pissed off. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, look, don't play criminal bullshit. If you're accusing somebody of red pull, you're accusing them of a criminal act. And if it hasn't happened yeah. yet, or you don't have any fucking proof, keep your fucking mouth shut. We have got this yeah. industry is so bad about calling everything a scam and everything a rug pull. It's like, look, people, find the evidence that it is. Raise the alarm if you're worried. You see warning bells, right? You see signs that make you nervous. You can say that, but don't just accuse people of shit until you've got proof. It just it pisses well, me off. This is what I. This is a perfect example of what I hate about social media and all that other shit. Is people can just say whatever they want, and there's no yeah. repercussions. Yeah. If you put that in a newspaper, you oh get please, sued. of course. If you if you say that out loud, you get sued. Yeah. But yeah. if you can tweet it or write it and not get sued, to me that is wrong. Well, they still could get sued, but it's really hard for a DAO to sue people, right? So well, no, no, why. I mean, yeah. but there's no repercussions for people no. making accusatory stuff against in any aspect. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I think no, it's true. Change that law. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, all it does is harm the whole ecosystem, right? Yeah. When somebody is a rug pull or a scam, we point it out. We say, here's the proof. Here's what happened. What do we do to help people? How do we learn from this? We move on. But we don't accuse people of being criminals until they prove they're criminals or we have proof. We can say, hey, this looks a little scary. I'd be careful of this one. That's fine. But, you know. Yeah. I saw one. It was an NFT sort of uh, rug pull, they were calling it. And, you know, people are reporting the person to Interpol and stuff like that. So, Good. Um, you know, to me, that's the that's the way to do it, you know, yeah. and let them figure it out. You don't sit there ranting and raving, and particularly just because you didn't get on a whitelist. It's not like you put money in and lost it. You know, you didn't get on a list. So your ego's a little bent for whatever reason, and um, you say stupid shit. Um, I saw something else that was interesting. You know, of course, India FUD a little bit. You know, oh, now, really? they're, now they're talking about banning crypto as a payment method, <laughs> but regulate as an asset. And I'm kind of like, they've been going on and off about this stuff. Oh, my God. They're getting years. to be as bad about, about it as China. Chinese. Exactly. And so, um, but, you know, I mean, we know that the Indian tech industry is probably the one of the main things India's got going on. You know, yeah. Um, in the sense of um, growth sector. Absolutely. And to me, I think this is the Modi government will also ban active solicitation from crypto firms, such as ads. So, uh. you know. Whatever, well, whatever, you know, more news about <laughs> fuck. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting because you see, you see all the FUD compiling out. So like the big FUD areas that I always see three, well, let's not count the India stuff because that's not as big. That was like six, eight months ago, but you get all this shit about the Mt. Gox coins, uh -huh. you get all this shit about China and you get all this stuff about, you know, the U S yeah. and, you know, I mean, we know why China's doing what they're doing. We know the U.S. is not going to do anything like that because, you know, we just acquired the top highest mining capacity right. in the world. We right. are the miners for the world yeah. for, for crypto. Yeah. And, you know, we're just fighting out in regulatory stuff. But, you know, big finance is coming in. So that's not going to happen. And the Mt. Gox coin thing is, you know, everybody's also afraid about, you know, when these coins are going to be given back to the, I guess, the original investors if they can ever figure out who that is. So there was an announcement that the settlement was approved yesterday or the day before, which contributed, I think, to that little blip yesterday. But, you know, that's not even happening until like 2024. You know, it's not that much. And everybody has to take it in fiat. They're not getting BTC dumped in their wallets. Right. They had to make a claim and they have to give a bank account and they're going to take it all in fiat. So the and most of it has already been sold to hedgies, I heard, too. So the implication. I'm is sure. It's, it's already distributed pretty much. Yep. So it's a non-event. And and I think the total amount at Mt. Gox is like valued at what? It was 500 million back then. I don't know the BTC price. I've heard numbers of like 50 billion today. But, you know, half of that is never going to get anywhere. No. The other half is going to go to dollars and go into um, someone's bank account where they have to pay taxes on it. Yep. So not an issue. So whenever you hear that, the only thing you got to worry about with Mt. Gox is if there's all of a sudden extra coins. You know, right. That's the thing that's the big issue. Um, but there's not. So, um, you know, again, a non-event. So when you see all that stuff going on, it tells me, you know, the announcements and stuff, it tells me that, you know, there's going to be a little range dump.
but everybody set their buys already below where it's going to and yep. put it out there. And, you know, us retail guys, you know, or quasi retail guys, you know, people get panicked and they sell. Yep. Um, but, you know, that's where you need to kind of just sit tight and, you know, have your reserve money ready to go when it gets to the bottom of the range. Um, so I tend to ignore most of that stuff these days and just focus in on, you know, my biggest FUD thing is U.S. stock market. <laughs> you know, I, if that tanks, you know, then you're going to get hit. But, yep. you know, then you'll come back. So, um, you know, just try to ignore most of that really drastic sounding stuff out there or at least look for counterpoints because there's always opposite opinions on all of it. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree, Joe. All right. What else we got going on? I see. Okay. We talked about Avalanche. Um, you know, I think I talked about, uh, you know, the PBR stuff. Um, yeah. Polka Bridge, you know, they've got a big burn coming. We talked about Unistow, um, you know, as in, you know, I don't know. How, how do you feel about Binance Smart Chain and Omi type stuff on BSC? No, I think it's good. I'm, you know, look, at the end of the day, I want I want that model across every chain because I think it's powerful and valuable. At the end of, I also think though that there's only going to be room for you know a couple of major players as reserve currencies. So you know, um, I, I uh, you know, I don't know. Have you ever um, heard of something called Avalanche? There's like an Avalanche out there now too. You know, obviously, gee, I wonder why they call it Avalanche. Oh, uh, probably a launch pad. Yeah. For Avax. Yeah. Yeah. They got something going on on the um, 22nd, a, 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 a token event of some kind. Um, looks like they're doing about 900K um, registrations today. The sales on the 22nd, but it's it's Ava launch. So, you know, Avax Super, it's all gain power through gamified NFT alchemy in this medieval metaverse where skill, not luck, reigns supreme. So it's a play to earn thing um, with NFTs on Avalanche. I mean, to me, I think you're hitting three big value pockets there that uh, yeah, do very, very well on. So take a look more on that one. Um, you know, I, I also saw some interesting stuff on a glass note about um, options markets. It's about eight hours old, but you know, it's uh, 12.6 billion in open interest, which is near all time high. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but the bulls are kind of leading it. So there's a lot right. of people betting long right now. Um, and I saw one other thing that was pretty cool. Um, that's Kingfisher stuff. I think that's about it. But, you know, exchange flows look good. Floors look good across the major cryptos. Um, the long short ratio is good. I mean, everything other than, you know, where it's sitting um, looks good. But yeah. you know, I look at it, if you look at the chart from July 15th and or just start October 1, you know, look at a chart October 1 on, I mean, look, it doubled or it went up 50%. So people are taking profits. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. I, I have. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody is. So to me, oh, yeah. this is just kind of a consolidation setup for, a, you know, what comes next. And I Absolutely. don't see how it can be going. To me, I think the direction looks preordained. And it's positive. Yeah, absolutely, negative, so. dude. Look, I mean, you know, Look. we'll have our downs, but I'm good with that. Paradigm yeah. launching a new $2.5 billion fund. What is this now? Paradigm. This? Paradigm, big huh? crypto VC fund uh, launching a, a $2.5 billion fund. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, where are they based? Are they in New York or where are they? Uh, I want to say California, Silicon but I'm not Valley. sure. Yeah. Something about, oh, Sequoia Capital Company. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, they're out of Sequoia, it looks like, um, you know, which is as blue chip as it gets in the VC space for sure. trade five. Yeah. Um, I thought no, they're, they're a big deal in crypto. Paradigm is massive. Prior to this yeah, fund, I, they were massive. Yeah. No, I don't really, well, you know, I used to be in that world, but in, you know, early stage Series A type stuff, traditional finance. Um, yeah, look, if you got a, it, it's a great play. I don't know what, if they have limited partnership interests available or not, but that's something that I would be interested look, in doing. At the end of the day, they're not really VCs anymore. VCs are are, are going to be token buyers, 
just early token yeah. buyers. It's the model's broken. Like somebody was host, top posting about VCs and in crypto, and I posted one of my favorite clips. VC's dead, baby. VC is dead. You ever seen the Z oh, is in dead? Crypto? Yeah. In crypto? You ever seen yeah, the I, Z is dead? Yeah, wasn't that like it was one of those uh Tarantino movies? Yeah. Right? Or, yeah. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Um pulp fiction. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. That's the streaming recommendation for today. There you go. Blazing Shadows yesterday. This is another classic. Um yeah, I don't really get the, you know, to me, where VCs work in TradeFi is it's, you know, what network they're in. And look, if you make money, if you raise money from Sequoia and TradeFi and you execute, you are going to succeed. Yeah. If you don't execute, you know, you're done. But those guys are networked into so many things and it's, you know, they're in, they anoint companies basically. Groups yep. like that, you know, they anointed Uber, they anointed Airbnb, yep. they anointed WeWork. You know, this yep. is just what happens. You can't do that in crypto. No. Because, you know, other than maybe the curve curve wars where you have stuff fighting over there for governance tokens, because if you're just buying regular tokens, you have no say right. in anything. Nothing. So so to me, I, it's just. I mean, the only more... power, the only leverage you have is a threat of a dump, you know? So yeah. that's that's. That's the power you have, but that's on the that's on the protocols, right? Well, that's what you, I would it, say because I would insist on locking their the, money up for three exactly, years. Yeah. exactly, where they couldn't sell it. Yeah. Um, so to give them that like low low price. Yep. Um, so you're basically really just a trader. They're just calling themselves VCs. Yeah. Because they're, you know, doing what you do, doing what I do, doing what yep. everybody listening does. They're buying yep. tokens. Well, look, I mean, they're as much a VC as my buddies at Young Capital are, right? Young Capital's 18 dudes got together, had not a, not a VC in the group, funding deals left and right. And you know what they do? They are deep with their, with their, with their por uh, portfolio companies. Like they are working with those guys every fucking day. They are advising, yeah, guiding, writing code, designing, posting memes, the whole bit. Well, see, that's what you want because that's yeah. where the value add is. If you're coming in, doing all of that, the social media piece, plus the development piece, plus the investment piece. Did you freeze up on me, Joe? You did. Did I freeze up or did you Easy. freeze up? You know, that's kind of the same way that traditional finance go. They're not, um, you know, they're not like pumping it in trade fi as much because you can't and they're private and, you know, a lot of this stuff series A type things, um, but they do feed it up the food chain to the bigger and bigger and bigger and yep. you know, then get you the exit. Um, but yep. this is interesting. Are the young capital guys still doing, I used to see them a lot in the Doki Doki channels. Are they still around? No, they are, have moved on. Okay. All right. I didn't see them. I don't know when they dumped or are they still holding? Do they lost? They're still holding. They... I think uh, those were individuals that from it that were invested, not Young Capital as a DAO. Uh, the DAO itself never was a part of Doki. Um, each of those individuals did. There was some. Uh, there were some conflict with uh, Roy. Oh, over chain binders. Hmm. Interesting. Which I. Yeah, which I told them at the time he would. I I don't want to go too far. Uh, I told a couple of folks at the time that were involved in that conversation that at the end of the day, the ETH behind the NFTs was going to be valuable. Um, and I think some folks chose not to stay with it, and they were sizable. So, you know, that's the extra ETH I'm getting now. So, oh yeah, no, I mean. That was yeah, chain binders. Yeah, he looked. I did great on that project. I a lot of I'm still doing great. Bitch and whine about it, but you know, I look at whatever happened there was because of a May correction. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the guys there, you know, at, at Doki were in kind of a bind. They wanted to get that out before the market started correcting because we were really toppy, and they got it out. And you know, I don't know. I made seventy percent in three weeks. Um, I'm know, still making money every time somebody sells and burns their NFT. What's I'm, the burn ratio on the LRs right now? I don't know. Let's look. 
you know, you know the high level ones, whatever they were called. Yeah, I'm up. What am I up right now? Well, you got to be up because ETH was at like two thousand back then. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm I'm just trying to yeah. calculate. It's got to be. I don't. I got to calculate. I haven't calculated it, but hold on. Let me. Um, well, see, mine. But mine isn't even on that. Mine is on. I spawned the Gachapon machines and then I burned the NFTs and took the and, ETH. And I took the ETH. Yeah. And that was a seventy percent return in three or four yeah. weeks. There was yeah. that three week lockup period, I think. And then, um, so you know, and I didn't like. You know, I didn't pull too many of the big high valuable ones. Yeah. Two or three. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, I think it was a total success. And that's a really interesting project because the NFTs are backed by ETH. It's like tied to ETH. Yeah. So, you know, what we're talking about is when you have it, you can either sell it on OpenSea or you can burn it on the platform. So you could always exit. Yeah. And when I was exiting, I mean, I sold a lot of stuff higher than this at the beginning when all the enthusiasm was there. But, I think the ratio, I haven't been on that site in months, but I think it was like 0.8 or something like that. Uh, if you burned one of those high, uh, the legendaries or whatever they were, the highest ones, the yellow yeah. ones, um, you get like 0.8. Um, well, now think about it. When I was doing it, that was, you know, 2,400 or 2,200. You know, now it's 4,500. Exactly. So, you know, you're burning those. You just, I would have had another 100% basically. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's like five months, so that's never going to happen <laughs> with me. I'm long gone by then. You know, 70% in three weeks. I'm like, see ya. <laughs> no, that was a that was a great investment. And the funny thing is it's still there. Like the token raised $10 million. There's still 55.4 million in ETH sitting out there. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, well, also they um, – well, something else, the BND token that you use to spin. Yeah. I think you can still buy it on Cometh. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's got that goes up to like ten, eleven dollars. And now I think it's kind of coming into end game. I was actually thinking about going back in there and buying some of that because people are getting ready to make the final spins because there's somebody in there holding everything that won't sell. And it's not a founder, it's some investor. And and it's not the, the biggest investor there that we both know, but I'm not gonna right. say the name. Um, it's somebody else. <clears throat> and they're gaming it. So they've been buying everything up and they're holding. Dude, last guy standing. I mean, if you think about this, so let's say ETH stayed right where its value is today. So there's 5.4 million left in there. If if nothing else, every burn, 15% of that, 15% of every burn goes into the pockets of everybody else that stays. So if you've got a full set and you, you're the last guy standing, you've accrued a shitload of bonus, right? Because oh, yeah. every person before you that burned has to burn that 15%. So you, your value of the set you have is just going up. So if you're patient, you don't need the money, and you like the NFTs, you just fucking sit on them. And yeah. last guy standing going to make some cash. I mean, cash. So yeah. I'm hoping I don't need what the cash because I'm going to hold out. Well, what about, um, what was the mechanic in there? There was some burn of, it was Doki burn, right? That was yeah, 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 yeah. There was there were Doki tokens burned as well. Yeah, so something about when you utilize the platform, you end up dropping the number of Doki tokens, and I think there's yeah. only fifty thousand Doki tokens total. That's their governance one. Yeah, yeah, that's the total. That's the total supply. So they're burning that down with this play. I always thought this could turn into a play to earn game. You know, yeah. we see all these blockchain games out there and competitions. I mean, I see a you know a combat medieval night kind of game or something running around in there where you gather stuff and uh you know can take out other people and, and, and take their tokens you know uh that they have deployed in their little you know money pack or pouch right. on their character i mean i see all kinds of stuff here that could be done oh i do and, too and, and yeah, unfortunately they just have so much going on that but this is a brilliant model i'd like to steal this model and yeah, elaborate so. on it i could see a kilroy playing this model heck yeah I mean, it's a it's a smart model. I think I think it does bring up some interesting um, when we talk about regulations, regulatory stuff. It does bring up some interesting concepts. Yep. I know yep. we got to go. It's I got to roll, Joe. Yeah. All right. We will. Everybody have a everybody. great day. Not financial Cheers. advice. Do your own research. These are just our opinions. We're not financial advisors. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We love you guys. 
If you have questions, you can always DM me on Twitter, B05Crypto. If you want us to invest your money in some DGEN shit, we will do that and we will keep it all. If your project needs guidance, help, advice, or strategy, we're happy to help you with that as well. Um, otherwise, uh, please share, tweet, retweet, like, review, rate. We love hearing from you. Have a great day. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Thanks. Have everyone. a good one, buddy. Yeah, I'll chat with you after my call. Okay, cool. Bye. See you.